This series that we've been in over the course of December has been called Breaking the Silence. And let me explain that to you very quickly. There is this 400-year period of time from the last book of the Old Testament to the Christmas story where there was silence. There was no prophetic voice. There was no messages, so to speak, from the Lord. It's called the intertestimonial period. And the Christmas story that we celebrate when the angels came on the scene and spoke to Zechariah and to Mary and to Joseph and to the shepherds breaks this silence. And I want to take a closer look at the story of the shepherds and their experience that first Christmas. So if you have your Bibles, you could turn with me to Luke chapter 2. The, um, the uh, verses will be on the screens as well. We're starting in verse 8 of Luke chapter 2. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep. You heard of the shepherds before, likely, right? They're in every manger scene. Likely you have one set up at your house or you've seen one during this holiday season. We've become so familiar with the shepherds that to us, there's no real response in our minds. We just expect them to be there, don't we? That would not have been the case for those that were living during Jesus' time. And let me explain to you why. You see, we've lost the reality of this. It would have been very unusual and very unexpected for those that were in the culture of the time Jesus was here. These men were almost the lowest of the low on the socioeconomic ladder in the Jewish culture. Shepherds were despised and they were mistrusted by the rest of society. They were thought to be crafty and dishonest and they weren't allowed to observe the ceremonial things that would take place in the synagogue because they were considered ceremonially unclean because of their work. They were men working in the fields with their animals and likely they smelled like some sheep, wouldn't you think? The only people, this was interesting, I read a commentator that said this this uh, past week, the only uh, people that were lower on the socioeconomic ladder during this time and period were those with leprosy. Think about that. So they're the ones that had to have a bell around their neck so that folks would hear the bell and they would go scurrying about so that they wouldn't catch leprosy. They weren't even allowed to, their, their word or testimony was not allowed in a court of law. And so this year I've been thinking of all the people whom God might have chosen to bring this angelic message to that first Christmas and yet he chose these shepherds. And this is huge to me and I hope it is to you as well. There's a message that's embedded in the reality of that. God didn't send the angels to the rich and the powerful or to the influential or even the the highly spiritual. It was as though he said, I need everyone to know that this message, the gospel, the good news of God's love, this child that was sent is for everyone. And he did that by communicating first to these angels. Who are the ones that no one seems to care about? Ah the shepherds. That's where this message will begin. Pick it up in verse 9. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news. Now I need you to see the good news that will bring great joy to all people. To who? Everybody, that's what this message is about today. It's for everybody, even those that might feel like they are on the outskirts looking in or on the outside looking in. I love this. The Lord came to the shepherds where they were. And I've learned this in my life. I hope you're learning this too, that God has this unique way of meeting us right where we are. 
He's done that so many times in my life, even in an unexpected kind of way. It's a pretty big deal that he sent his son to come to us. And this week, as I was reflecting on the reality of what we celebrate, I was thinking about what it's like to come into a room with a bunch of two-footers. Do you guys have any two-footers at home? Like down here, a little two-footer? I'm six feet tall, so when you, I'm three times the size of a two-footer. That feels like a giant to them, I'm sure, right? You think, ever think about this? And so they come into the room, and you're like, oh, my goodness. And they're like, hey, well, that would be like someone who's like 15 or 16 feet tall coming to talk to me. Be like, hey, Doug. Hey, what's up? Did you uh, put your socks in the dirty clothes basket? No, but I'm on my way right now, right? And I can remember when my dad would come, <clears throat> he was kind of the enforcer in our home, when he would come home and, and he would uh, get out of his suit because he wore a suit every day, and, and then he would get down on the floor and he would get down to our size. Do you guys remember when this would happen? Then we could kind of wrestle with dad. You could sit on his head if you wanted to. You, you could reach into his pockets and take whatever coins or whatever. He sometimes would leave candy in there or whatever. All of a sudden, this vertical giant, right? became my size, and it just became a whole different picture. And ultimately, isn't that what Christmas is about? Vertical power that we kind of don't fully understand or grasp because it seems so far away, so big, so powerful, came down to us. This is awesome. And he came down so that we could know him. He puts on human flesh so that we would have an opportunity to receive this incredible gift. He's not scary anymore. Because he came in flesh just like us. For the shepherds, it came with a stunning display as the heavens open and this angel declares this amazing message. And remember, there had been no prophetic utterances for over 400 years. So this breaks the silence. God himself steps back into human history with these amazing angelic appearances. On the night of Jesus' birth, the, the sky just opens up And the angels unleash a display of praise on a group of frightened, unlikely men tending to their flocks in a field. I think part of the message is that no one is to be excluded from this story. All the way back then and again here today. That's for someone here that's listening. Sometimes a person who has also grown up very familiar with this story can get to a place where you're almost spiritually indifferent because you've heard it so many times before. And if that's you, the story is still for you today. What was this good news that the angels were talking about? Look at verse 11. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. I looked up that word, vast host. Do you know what it means? A lot. (laughs) A lot. There were many of them, countless. And what were they doing? They were praising God. And they were saying, glory to God in the highest heaven. And here's the message. Ready? Peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. The last time in scriptures that we see an angelic kind of presence giving praise to God is in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3. Think of how long that was. That's the story of the Bible, isn't it? The story of God revealing himself to all of us. He's not a God who wants to hide. He wants you to know him, and he wants me to know him. He wants us to draw near to him. 
That is the message of Christmas. So just like on that first Christmas, really what this boils down to is this, how we respond to this. And I want to show you how the shepherds responded that perhaps we could uh, take some cues from as we think of this Christmas and how we should be responding as well. Look at verse 15. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go. Say that again with me. Let's go. There's something there where they're like passionate to go and to check out this scene. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph and there was the baby lying in the manger. Let's go. There's passion behind those words. They hurried. They came with haste. One translation says they ran. These dudes were sprinting to Bethlehem so that they could see for themselves. So let me pause again and ask you, how have you been responding this Christmas to the reality of all that God has done for us? You see, that first Christmas changed these shepherds forever. They were never the same again. Let me show you in verse 17. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. And then verse 19, I'm gonna talk about this briefly next week in our online service. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. Look at verse 20. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. These guys were literally changed by their experience of the first Christmas. There's a peace. And what is seen here in the shepherd's response is an eagerness to truly and fully embrace the experience of Christmas. And when I think about how we perceive and think about how our culture does Christmas, man, sometimes we can feel like it's ruined by commercialism. Can you feel that way? Like I was at Home Depot before before Halloween, and they already had the Christmas decorations up. I'm like, you're skipping Thanksgiving again. And we can kind of see this materialism and the buying frenzy, and we might even find ourselves saying, man, it just doesn't feel right. It shouldn't be this way. And while perhaps it's true that you and I cannot do much about how our entire culture does this Christmas time of year, perhaps it would be important for you and I to look through a different lens and ask ourselves, how, how are we doing Christmas this year? How do you respond to this story? Perhaps we could use the story and the shepherd's response as motivation for us to want to go and be in his presence as well. You see, there's a new kind of peace that's available to us. That's what the angels said. And this peace that we're talking about is still available today. As a matter of fact, if you fast forward 33 years or so from the point of uh, moment that we're talking about in the Christmas story, Jesus is teaching, he's speaking, and he says these words. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift. And here's the gift, peace of mind and peace of heart. How does that sound? Sounds pretty good to me. And he continues, and he said, and the peace that I give is a peace the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Ultimately, isn't that part of the challenge that we face? Because we think 
There are all kinds of other things that will give us peace of mind and peace of heart, only to hurry and scurry after those things to find that's not really doing it. We're missing true peace. So let's go back again to what the angels said in verse 14 of Luke chapter 2. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Friends, not everybody has this peace, but everybody can. And you see, that is the beautiful part of what we celebrate at Christmas. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? Father, we thank you for a chance to just pause in the middle of what's going to be a hectic couple of days. Lots of moving parts and food to cook and gifts to unwrap and places to go and people to see, movies to watch. And Father, we we need to be reminded, and I thank you that together we have a chance here at Plum Creek today to just hit pause for a second and kind of recalibrate in this moment. Lord, I pray for someone that's heard this message with a different kind of perspective this year, realizing that they've been searching and are in need of a true peace. And you've promised that that's part of your gift for us. But perhaps, Lord, whether in this room or someone worshiping or in our additional seating, there's someone that hasn't responded yet to the message of Christmas, responded personally, accepting this gift and making it their own. And if that's you, this would be a beautiful moment for you to prayerfully listen to what God is saying to you in your heart and in your life right now. And if you're prepared to say yes to him, just first, just with your own voice, thank him for extending this gift to us and to you. And tell him that you accept this. Tell him that your plan is to learn, to grow in your understanding of what it means to center your life around around him and the message of the gospel and the peace that only he can give. Ask him for your forgiveness. Thank him for the work that ultimately he would do when he goes to the cross. And perhaps there's someone here that's heard this story many, many times before, but you have not been responding like the shepherds did. Let's go. Lord, I pray that you would help each of us to find a quiet moment sometime over the next couple of days where we can hit pause and we can just sit in your presence and allow our hearts to be touched by the peace that only you can give. Father, will you please let that be part of our expression of worship to you during this Christmas season. We love you so much. It's in Jesus' name we pray together. Amen.